It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Chris Chapman here with you filling in for Ryan Wallace on the AAA Insurance postgame show. And uh, going to chat with Dan for a little bit here. And uh, Dan, uh, certainly a pretty fun game, especially uh, the second and third period. Pulling uh, Freddie Anderson with five minutes to go in the third period was definitely uh, something that I wasn't expecting Rod Brindamore to do. Hi, Chris. Yeah, I was intrigued in how Rod Brindamore would approach uh, these uh, final minutes. And when you're down by three, uh, what what can you do? And then uh, it, it was pretty much over from there and got the feeling that with a, a 3 nothing lead as compared to a 2 nothing lead, it was more secure than it felt the other day against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And while Tampa has a dynamic offense, it is a different kind of offense as compared to what Carolina can do. You know, teams produce goals in different ways. Carolina's power play was very hot recently. That's how they have scored in recent games. Nine, uh, make it eight goals out of 15 chances in their previous four games. They had a one nothing win against Philly the other day. The only goal was a power play goal. So um, the fact that the Knights only took one minor penalty and killed off that power play for Carolina seemed to me that uh, if anything was going to get going, if you're Rod Brindamore, it's going to be in an odd man situation. But there were no more penalties, and, and Vegas locked down in a way that it could not against Tampa the other day. It was a strong finish by the Knights. This is, if, if you're looking for a template for how to play an effective road game, and this is it. Yeah, certainly uh a, a good, I think a good statement win for the Golden Knights. Now they, they bring out the broom sweep, the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously coming off of two wins against the Lightning as well. But, you know, and I heard you and Gary talking about it a bit during the game, but for me something that really stood out was the response of the guys who had their minutes reduced against Tampa. It's like the message that Bruce Cassidy sent to them got through, and they responded in a big way. You said it. and that That is exactly right, Chris, The Players who were not in uh, the third period. I mean, you could go and see it. And Phil Kessel had one shift in the third period the other day. Um, Paul Cotter and, you know, Mike Maddio was, you know, the first guy to sort of get benched. His turnover led directly to a Tampa goal. For those guys, they're asked to do very specific things, especially Cotter because he's a rookie. And, you know, Amadio's been around longer. But when you're playing with William Carlson and Riley Smith, you expect to lean on those two players because of their accomplishments. So when you're Mike Amadio, you, you got to stay within your game and uh, stay with your details and make prudent plays and not, um, you know, lose the handle and lose focus. And I think that has happened. You know, the critiques of Mike have been that occasionally he gets away from his game and they don't need to have him on his A game every day. But when he's not on his A game, it's got to be his B plus game. It can't be a C or a D game. And um, the, the message was sent loud and clear. And players can uh, hear everything from the coaches, video sessions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if there's one thing that delivers the message clearest, it is time on ice. And if a player is sat for an extended period, if the minutes are not there, especially to the level they are accustomed to, they're going to recognize it. So that, that is a mark of um, a well-coached team, but also character players, not to, um, you know, kind of dwell on it but to rise to the occasion and I think we saw that today yeah Mike getting uh, 13 minutes and 27 seconds of ice time tonight so certainly uh, 
a, a big jump from from the other night. But you know, he he made the play in the second period. He still hasn't officially been credited with an assist, but it sets up Riley Smith's goal. And Riley Smith now a guy who's starting to heat up a little bit. Yeah, we talked with Will on the pregame show. We talked with Riley on the pregame show last game. And those guys have not produced at the clip that, A, you would expect them to, and, B, the clip that they had earlier this year. You know, for a long time, Riley had the most goals on the team. And now Lucky's got himself a four-game scoring streak um, and now two goals and two assists in that stretch. He's got three goals and five points in the span of the last six games. And here's Will Carlson, who's come along. And, you know, he had no goals over the stretch of 15. But he's been chipping in with the assists, too. He's now got one goal and eight assists in 17 games. That's not Will Carlson's standard. But if you look at the much more recent and just look at the last few games, the fact that he's got now four points in six games, all right, that's a little bit closer to what you'd expect from Will Carlson. All in all here, Chris, those are guys that you want to rely on um, as much as you get production from other parts in the lineup. And, you know, Jack Eichel uh, does not record a point today, so his scoring streak ends at five, and he's got 50 points in now 53 games. And you're going to lean on him and, and others. But, you know, teams that do well down the stretch and into the spring, the postseason, are teams that really get a balanced delivery, balanced production from up and down the lineup. And the players you rely on are the players who come through. And it seems to me that those guys, over the course of 82 games, the the slog of the regular season, sometimes a marathon, all of a sudden when you see the final stretch in sight, that it is, you know, after today, uh, you know, today was game 66. <laughs> think about it, Chris. We're it's only 16 by. left. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. So I think that, you know, as those guys sense the stage that they're on, tied with the Kings and points coming into the day, Kings do play later tonight, try to keep pace with Vegas. They are at home against Nashville at 7.30 Pacific time. Yeah, the, I mean, I think that that really does motivate some guys to get their game locked in, which is not to say it's been bad, but especially with Smith and Carlson because of what they've done in their careers, this could be them turning it into go mode for those guys. Yeah, Will Carlson hits 30 assists for the fourth time as a member of the Golden Knights. He's only five away from his career high in assists, which he did in the 2017-2018 season. So you have to think there's a real good possibility he surpasses that, and his, his production is up from the last two seasons. So you know, certainly a bounce-back season for Will. Yeah, he's been in this role of not the number one center as he had been. Jack Eichel has taken that mantle. Chandler Stevenson had kind of been in that spot as well, being an all-star. But, you know, Will is a humble player. He's not braggadocious. He does his job, and so many little things that don't make the highlight reel make him the reliable player that he is. And you could look back to the 43 goals when he stole the show in 17-18 and the the great plus-minus. That line led the league in plus-minus. You know, maybe the goals aren't there, but all of those little things are still very much at the center of his game. And you need that. And this team has changed from year one to year six. It's, it's, uh, as a longtime fan would observe, when Will is on his game, he's uh, smiling, laughing, enjoying his teammates, when it's not going as well and he, he doesn't like his game, he, he doesn't always have that big smile. Even though the goals have not been going, he still has had 
that mentality. And you could hear it in his voice, I thought, in our pregame chat today. And even when we were wrapping up the interview, he had a huge smile on his face. And, and I'll have to admit, after the interview ended, we All talked right, about Dan, Star I gotta, Wars. I got to cut in. <laughs> we're going to jump to uh, Bruce Cassidy real quick. Missing out, though. Uh, so can you share with him via the <laughs> camera what you were just talking to Dave about? I said, I wonder how many times your whole team is a plus when you only score four goals. You know what I mean? I mean, when you get ten, I could see it. But anyway, that's what we were discussing. Dave's going to be on it. Dave Gosher, he'll be on it. If not, Darren, you're the man. You'll <laughs> <laughs> steal it from him. Don't you worry. Uh, how close is that to what you want to see from this group on a nightly basis? Uh, it was pretty good. Let's face it. We, uh, you know, you got your hands full coming in here. It's a team that plays fast. They're behind you. Everything goes to the net. So I've seen it a lot over the years, and I thought getting the leads important as well. Uh, staying out of the box, did a good job with that. Uh, we just checked well, and we were we were hard on the walls. You got to win your board battles because their D are always on you as wingers, and then you got to win some races. And if you do that, you can get some odd man rushes, and that's what we did at home. And tonight, <clears throat> if you look at the goals, um, you know Smitty's in behind on a foot race. The goal to you know extend the lead to three nothing is a D zone coverage box out battle in front, and you transition because they're they're pushing. Um, even the first goal, we, we, we create some space for ourselves um, and get inside ice. And I don't know if it's a three-on-two or a three-on-three, but that's typically what you got to take advantage of. Jonathan Quick's a guy who's done it all, obviously, a veteran player. But what do you think is the significance of getting that first shutout here with his new group? Well, I think he's building confidence in his game, obviously. You know, in L.A., <clears throat> I can't speak to what happened, but I, I'm guessing he wasn't as confident. As he, as he once was and now you're getting some wins guys are playing hard in front of you make that I mean that was a huge save at the start of the third period you know it could have been a different game um, <clears throat> we get that we settle down a little bit get our game back so um, love what he's brought so far he's out there playing pucks making it a little bit easier on the D he controls rebounds well um, you know for the most part um, the rebounds tonight I think were off feet and, you know deflected pucks but usually when it hits him it's, it's found a way to stick on him so that makes it easier on everybody involved as well does it feel like when you it, it works both ways goaltender gains confidence with the shutout but the new team he comes to feels more comfortable playing in front of him with a game with a handful of great saves I would think that's a kind of a two-way street that builds for you well listen we've we've had four goalies win games for us this year we've used a lot of different guys we try not to change our style of play I think it's most nights goaltender friendly uh, the way we try to defend we value that part of the game um so yes i think you know we're going to keep playing well and the, the more big saves he, he he makes um you know the easier it is for everybody to relax if you make a mistake so um yes i mean i think it's it's been a good marriage for everybody so far important for paul cotter to score that one yeah, Paul, Paul will judge himself on offensive numbers like a lot of young guys that come into the league. We're t trying to teach him to value the other parts of the game. You know, puck possession, um, going to the net, being the, the, the net front guy, physicality on the forecheck, winning your board battle so you can get pucks back, all those little things. But, yeah, I think it was important for him. Stevie and, uh, you know, uh, Carly the other night. So, uh, you know, Smitty, good for him. He wasn't feeling well today. We weren't even sure if he was going to play. So... Nice to see him get reward. I thought Mike Amadio had a real strong game as well. Bounce back night for him is really strong on pucks. So, and then the fourth line, they, they led our, line, our whole forward group in minutes, right? So they did a really good job, um, you know, starting periods and, and D zone starts and getting the game back in our direction. So I was happy for Howie. I was happy for our team to actually shoot a puck into an empty net. I almost had a heart attack when it happened, but it was kind of nice. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, that's going to 
be Bruce Cassidy. I'm not sure if Dan is still with us, but uh, it, okay. That is going to take us to break. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the postgame show. Chris Chapman here with you. Not Ryan Wallace. I'm hanging out at Parkway Tavern in the district at Green Valley Ranch. Golden Knights defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of four to nothing. And let's get into the highlights of the game. Jonathan Marcheseau got on the board his 20th of the season, becoming the third Golden Knights player to hit that mark so far this year. He puts the Golden Knights up one nothing at the 4-3 mark of the first period. Carolina forced it in. Knights started back out. Left wing Jonathan Marcheseau around it. Eichel screen to the middle. He shoots. He scores. Jonathan Marcheseau sneaks it underneath Frederick Anderson. A distance wrist shot that stayed tight to the ice. A worm burner. And that puts Vegas in the lead 1-0. And that's the way the first period would end. Vegas takes a 1-0 lead into the locker room. Went pretty far into the second period before the Golden Knights struck again. Riley Smith blows by Brent Burns. Big play by Michael Amadio, who somehow doesn't get the assist on the play, but he frees William Carlson, who goes to Riley Smith, who goes right by Burns to give the Golden Knights a 2-0 lead. Carlson squeaks it forward. Smith cuts behind Burns and shoots and scores! What a move by Riley Smith. Burns, Brett Burns. 2-0 Vegas, 2.40 to go, second period. Points in four straight for Riley Smith. 22 goals on the year. 2-0 Vegas would go into the locker room to come out for the third period. We talked about Carolina pushing back in the third period. That leads us to our AAA insurance save of the game. You heard Bruce Cassidy talk about the big save. Jonathan Quick made to start the third period. Here's a shot. Sliding save. Oh, Jonathan Quick makes the save. The whistle stopped play. It then came loose. And the Hurricanes put the puck into the goal. But Kelly Sutherland was quite clear and emphatic that he had stopped play. Yeah, right decision there to stop the play. It was Brett Pesci with the shot, and Jonathan Quick robs him. And that is the AAA insurance save of the game. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with the 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. Golden Knights were not done scoring as Paul Cotter played, had some reduced play against Tampa, well, he makes up for it tonight as he puts Vegas up three to nothing at the 13-10 mark of the third period. Connor springs Stevenson, two on one, three on one. Petrangelo for Connor, he scores! Paul Connor extends the Knights' lead, three nothing Vegas. 6.50 to go, third period. Love the back and forth between Stevenson, Petrangelo, and Connor. Ron Brandemore pulled Freddie Anderson with about five minutes to go in the third period. Of course, Carolina down 3 nothing at that point. Brett Howden gets himself on the scoreboard from Teddy Bluger. Howden's fourth of the season comes at the 18-36 mark of the third period. Carolina back in. It's a turnover. Vegas with the puck. Bluger guides it ahead. Right side of the offensive zone. Howden a tap back. Knights will continue to kill clock. They can't get a shot off. Bluger kept it in alongside Howden. Brett works to the middle. He scores! 
Bluger to Howden, 4 nothing Vegas, 124 to play. And with that goal, the Golden Knights managed to have every player a plus on the evening in this 4 nothing win. All that we needed to do was to wrap this game up with a bow. Stevenson wins the faceoff far circle. Knights control and clear it out. Five seconds left. A trickling puck will skid. No icing. The horn sounds. Vegas wins 4-0. A shutout for Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick's 58th career shutout. His first as a member of the Golden Knights. With tonight's win, with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu price pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow. Using the code VGKWINS on PizzaHut.com. We'll be back after this. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman here with you at the Parkway Tavern in the Green Valley Ranch District filling in for Ryan Wallace. Not sure if he's going to be back tomorrow. If not, it'll be me at the Golden Circle in the TI as the Golden Knights take on the St. Louis Blues. Three o'clock pregame in that one. Kind of a weird situation as the Golden Knights will travel to St. Louis tonight, play tomorrow, and then they go back to the East. So they will take on the Philadelphia Flyers on Tuesday night. Uh, just a weird scheduling quirk there, but uh, you know, you got to play every team and I guess uh, that's just the way the schedule makers were able to fit in the Golden Knights game against the Flyers. But recapping tonight's game, if you remember way back in the pregame show, one of the things I pointed out was Sebastian Ajo and how good he is when the Hurricanes win and how he doesn't quite show up on the score sheet when the Hurricanes lose. Well, Sebastian Ajo on the night, obviously no goals, no assists. Carolina didn't score a goal. But two penalty minutes, the only two of the evening for Carolina, and he was a minus two on the evening. So the Golden Knights really did some damage when Sebastian Ajo was on the ice. Thought that was going to be a key. Turned out to be a, a, a big key because they were able to keep a dynamic player like Ajo off the score sheet. Uh, pretty rough night for Jordan Martinuk, the Brandon Manitoba native, a minus three on the evening as well but I thought it was a really good game for the Golden Knights especially from the second period on you knew Carolina was not going to go quietly and they pushed really hard in that third period they had 12 shots in that third period to Vegas is six but once Paul Cotter scored that goal it really sucked the life out of the Hurricanes you heard Dan Duva talking about it when uh, he mentioned that a three goal lead is quite a bit different than a two-goal lead, and it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, you cannot imagine how difficult it is to come back from a three-goal deficit with five minutes to go in a game. So the decision to, to pull Freddie Anderson, I thought, was, was a, an interesting one because there was a lot of time left to go in the game, but it was the right decision by Rod Brendamore because if Carolina is able to counter quick, all of a sudden it's back to a two-goal lead and maybe you put Anderson back in the net for a few minutes. I, I'm not sure what the game plan was there. But one of the other things I mentioned in the pregame show was the idea of Yuri Patera getting his first start tomorrow in St. Louis. Now, I don't know how Bruce Cassidy feels about playing Jonathan Quick on a back-to-back -back with the travel involved. In fact, I'm not sure how Jonathan Quick feels. But with the way Quick played tonight, I'm not so sure... You go to 
Patera tomorrow. If you go to Jonathan Quick and he tells you he's good to go, I'm thinking you play him tomorrow because, like I said, it, it, it's a cliche, but you go with the hot hand, and Jonathan Quick has been the hot hand for the Vegas Golden Knights since getting his first start last Sunday. Three wins this week. Uh, I don't know what his goals against average is for those three games. I'll have to look that up. But he gets the shutout tonight. Golden Knights sweep the Carolina Hurricanes on the season. They go to PNC Arena, and they they do a pretty good job defeating the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. For the second time in 10 days, the Golden Knights were, were better than the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they, they did it last week in T-Mobile. They go to PNC in Raleigh tonight, and they close the door on the Hurricanes get the shutout victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. And them getting shut out at home is not something that happens quite often. But I thought Quick played a great game. And, and the other thing that really stood out was the way, and we and Dan talked about it, the way the guys who had reduced ice time bounced back. Yeah, Phil Kessel didn't have a goal, but he had a, he had a really good look early in the game. Uh, Brett Howden gets the, who, who was ejected, so that's why he had the reduced ice time. But him and Bluger connect on the empty net goal. Uh, Paul Cotter with, with kind of the, the, the nail in the coffin of the Hurricanes. And Alex Petrangelo with a multiple point night. I think Dan said it was his ninth of the season. Petrangelo now up to 30 assists on the year. Chandler Stevenson also chipping in on that one. Gets to 39. So, he, so he's starting to heat up. Uh, that is going to do it for the postgame show. It's been brought oh, – oh, sorry about that. we got one more segment coming up after this. Uh, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman here with you at the Parkway Tavern, Green Valley Ranch District location. Wrapping things up on this one, putting a bow on it, and – Real quick, uh, it's brought to you by AAA Insurance and the UMC post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Doesn't appear that there were any injuries in the Golden for the Golden Knights. And this one we did see Keegan Colasar take a take a big hit, but don't believe he missed a shift. So uh, don't believe there's going to be any injuries to report on this one. But uh, you know that I'm going to wrap this up by saying this was a really impressive win by the Golden Knights. It was a really good team, the Carolina Hurricanes, who they still had a sour taste in their mouth after Vegas beat them just 10 days ago. This is a team that's got a lot of really good players. You didn't hear their names called at all in this game. The only time you heard Sebastian Ajo's name called was when he took the penalty in the second period. I mean, Jacob Slavin was quiet. The entire Brent Burns was, was I, I don't want to say embarrassed by Riley Smith, but Riley Smith blew right by Brent Burns on his goal. Uh, just a really impressive, and, you know, I kind of alluded to it in the in the pregame show. It was an opportunity for the Golden Knights to make a statement, and that's something that they did in this one. Your final score, 4 to nothing. Vegas defeats the Carolina Hurricanes. Tomorrow, Vegas in the Lou. They take on the St. Louis Blues. Pregame show in that one will begin at 3. Not sure if it's going to be myself or Ryan Wallace in that one, but... If it's me, I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to taking your calls on the other side of the break. That's going to do it for the post-game show. Extended post-game show is up next. The post-game brought to you by, the post-game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. That's going to do it for me. 
If you're sticking around, looking forward to chatting with you. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. The extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome into the extended postgame show. Chris Chapman here. The e-bug filling in for Ryan Wallace, who is under the weather a little bit today. Hopefully he'll be feeling better and back tomorrow. Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 4 to nothing. Really impressive win by the Golden Knights. And, and early on it was the goal, it was the Misfits who were getting things going. Jonathan Marshall, so Riley Smith with the two goals. I'm going to say Paul Cotter's a Misfit. He doesn't quite fit the mold of the traditional player. He's a guy who's, who's taken a hard road to the NHL. He gets the third goal of the night. Brett Howden caps things off with the empty netter from Teddy Bluger. But I want to hear from you. I, w- I want to know what your thoughts are on the road trip so far. Obviously, two wins out of three games. It was one that maybe didn't start out the way we had hoped it was going to because the Golden Knights, of course, lose that game in Florida 2-1. to one. It wasn't the best game they've played all season. They bounced back to beat the Lightning in a... In a a wild, weird, fun kind of game. Uh, but nonetheless, impressive win tonight. I can't emphasize enough how good this Carolina team is. Look, they have, they're have they the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. And for the Golden Knights to go into their barn and, and really just kick their butt, it says a lot about this team. I think I think this is a team that's, that's making a statement at this point. I want to hear what you guys think. Are the Golden Knights making a statement on this road trip? Let's jump out to the phone lines, and we'll start it off with Mike. Mike, what's going on, man? Well, I think I would start with, oh, Christopher. That seems (laughs) like a good place to begin. I like it. I like it. Yeah, we'll save that for the professionals. At at any rate, that is, it it defies superlatives, my friend. You You can't possibly call that game anything but perfect. I mean, it was as close to perfect as our boys have played all season. And I never thought, I mean, who in the world had the 58 shutout for Jonathan Quick on their bingo car? Yeah, certainly not me. And, and yet he did it. And they continue to do things that I, here's the thing. If you keep the six core defensive players intact, we're going to be one of the toughest outs in postseason. That's, that's what I keep saying. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that because this team, and I asked Bruce Cassidy about it in, in the last home game last week against Montreal about the way this team plays when all six defensemen are there. Now, he didn't want to take the trip down memory lane to the last East Coast road trip, but he later came back and you know talked about it a little bit. But since the bye week, since this team has gotten everybody healthy on the blue line, they've only lost two games in, in regulation, Mike, and... I mean, that road trip back to New York was, was rough because you come off the blowout victory over the Washington Capitals. Granted, no Alexander Ovechkin, but you, you come off the big win there. But then you go to Arizona and you lay an egg. You get beat by the Devils in, the, in, in just cruel fashion the way that game ended. The Rangers smoke you, and then you get, you get that point. You get the consolation point against the Islanders. But in that Islanders game, you kind of felt that the wheel was turning, right? The, the, the mouse was going to get the cheese, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And 
since that game, the Golden Knights have been on a roll. Well, the the proverbial wagon. That's a, that's our name these days, anyway. And and I gotta think that about nine days ago, I, I'm sure I'm not correct in all of this, but I'm going to put an hypothesis out there for you. There was a phone call from Kelly McCrimmon to Rob Blake, and Ke- Kelly said, hey, Rob, um, we're, we're still in the market for a little goaltending help. Rob goes, well, you talking about Jonathan Quick? You, you know, we've already got him slated to go somewhere else. And, and Kelly goes, you do? And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid you're too late on that one. We, we need a starting goaltender, uh, the guy that's had, at least a guy that's had NHL experience in return. You're not going to give us one of those, I don't think. And so Kelly goes, no, no, we're not going to do that. And he says, I'll tell you what you do. Call, uh, call the GM of Columbus in a couple of days and see what he's got. <laughs> and uh, I bet you they'll uh, be interested in a much lower price for Jonathan Quick. And I wonder if a phone call was made anything like that. Yeah, it's it's really a, a when, when you think about that that move, it was a move that I think maybe at the time a lot of people were like, eh, why are they going out and getting goaltending help? They they don't need a goalie, right? We've got Logan Thompson, we've got Aiden Hill playing well, Laurent Brossois, he he's played really good the three games he's been back. Well, I think what it what it shows is Kelly McCrimmon is a lot smarter than all of us because. He knew the situation. He knew the cards that were in his hand. And he also knew that L.A. probably wasn't going to give up Jonathan Quick without a fight. Well, no. at least to, at least and, to and Vegas. He, somehow he does move one step ahead. I, I barely know the man. I think he's a stinking genius, and I'd like to know him better. Because uh, the job of general manager is the hardest job in sports. I don't care what anybody says. That is. An absolute, uh, I know one general manager really well, and he he was just a a basket case. He was a nervous wreck, and he retired. That is hard, really, really hard. So whatever Kelly does and people question it, why don't you just take a beat and wait and see how it all comes out? Because it almost always comes out in the night's favor, even if you're not happy with getting rid of a legendary goaltender or something like that. He just seems to know when to make the right move. And I, I don't know if this will be the right move, but I do know that we wouldn't have won tonight with probably with Yuri Patera in, in goal. I just don't think we would have. So yeah, there you Mike, go. Now let me ask you, do, who, who starts tomorrow? Do you play quick on the back-to-back, or do you give Patera his first ever NHL start coming off? Well, here's the problem with my knowledge of, of the athlete, and, and I was one myself, but doggone it. When an athlete is asked, how do you feel tonight? Can you go? You want to go? What is he going to say? Yeah. Of course yeah. He's good. yeah, of course he's going to play. But you've got to have somebody like Sean Burke has got to make that final decision. You've got to take it out of Jonathan Quick's hands because he'll just play until he drops dead, and we don't need that either. No, no, certainly not. We, we definitely don't need that. But it's going to be a real interesting uh decision by Bruce Cassidy because I, I I think you're right right gotta gotta talk with Sean Burke and and see where where quick is but you know Mike I'm gonna be honest I I I think that quick gets the start tomorrow night on the back-to-back just don't leave it up to him that's all I'm asking and, and if Burke says yeah the guy is he hasn't played hardly at all this season go ahead throw him in there because we know in a few weeks he may or may not be playing a lot again, and so why not? He could easily say that. 
There's another thing that McCrimmon somehow lucked into, I think, in this case. He hired the only guy who can beat every team in the East. He somehow (laughs) hit the lottery with Coach Cassidy. And now we've got a guy that could actually compete for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Mike, and thanks for the call. Uh, you know, the, the Bruce Cassidy was a guy I was shocked when Boston let him go, and I thought that the Golden Knights did a tremendous job of, of, of picking him up. Now, obviously, Boston having a pretty incredible season of their own, but, yeah, the Golden Knights really hitting the lottery with Bruce Cassidy. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this is the extended postgame show. I want to go out to Stephanie, and Stephanie, uh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Chapman? I am, am not too bad. I'm watching Mallard sitting in a marina somewhere in South <laughs> Florida. So uh, it, it, it's a good night. Well, thank you for uh, filling in for Ryan. Um, done a great job. Um, whether you, it's you or Ryan tomorrow, I know the, the pregame and postgame are going to be in good hands. Um, I This game makes me wonder if any of the players are sitting in the locker room listening to the extended postgame show because there were calls um, after the Tampa game about, like, why can't they close out these close games? Why are they constantly getting scored on six on five? Um, They shut that up today. Uh, Did a great job against a pretty extended six on five, really. Um, Yeah, five minutes. um, I mean, it was going to be five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. They, I mean, that he, they pulled him quite early. And, I mean, honestly... I don't necessarily blame him looking at how the Knights have, you know, until recently been able to handle that. Um, I bet he was maybe hoping that we would uh, put ourselves down down a man like uh, has happened recently, but did not happen today. Glad that. Um, glad it went our favor. Um, glad they were able to get the shutout for Jonathan Quick. Um, just really great to see. And... You know, uh, I think it's a pretty statement win because not, I mean, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's the second team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's the second team, the Hurricanes are the second team in, in the, the NHL. League. They've got 95 yeah. points. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, no, they're not a joke. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to be able to defend a team six on five with sustained pressure, why not do it against the second team in the NHL, right? Yeah, and, and you bring up some really interesting points because I, if, if you remember – I've been critical of this team closing out games. And, you know, they, they, they proved tonight that they're, 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 when they're playing their game, they're really, really tough to beat. And they proved it tonight against a really, really good team that they're, they're not going to lay down. Like, they're, they're fighting for something. They're playing for something. And, you know, they, they, they remain in first place. They remain tops in the Western Conference. And, I think Edmonton lost, so that that's a good thing. Uh, but look, this is a team that I don't know if they hear the noise. I don't know if they hear that that the team has a hard time closing out games. But but Stephanie, they showed something in that overtime against Tampa with Alec Martinez with a ridiculous dive. I guess you could call it to put the puck in the net and. I wondered if that was going to be a spark, and it looks like tonight, at least for one game, they responded pretty pretty well. Uh, absolutely. Um, and the last thing I was going to say is because you talked to Mike about it, I I would be a little hesitant 
to play Jonathan Quick tomorrow. I mean, just just because of the goalie situation we're in now, you don't want him overworking himself and getting hurt as well. That that's, would be a, awful. that's a good point. But yeah. looking looking at the schedule, though, I mean, that would be because that would be three games in four days for him. But would I mean, would you feel more comfortable with Patera up against? St. Louis or against the Flyers, right? That that there's that weight in there too because if he does play, if Quick plays tomorrow, he would have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'd assume he would get the start on against Thursday. Calgary on Thursday, yeah, and and of course yeah. we don't know what the situation with the other goalies is going to be, but uh, Stephanie, and thanks for the call. Yeah, it's a really tough decision that Bruce Cassidy has to make tomorrow because, I mean, in one hand you've got Quick who who's played exceptionally well. But the point, the, the, the point you bring up is you don't want to take a chance of him getting injured as well and overworking him. So, uh, look, if you're going to pay, play Yuri Patera at some point, you're going to have to put him in. It doesn't matter because St. Louis is, is a, no matter what game he plays, it's not going to be easy, right? First NHL start, it's never going to be easy. It's just a really, really interesting decision that Bruce Cassidy is going to have to make tomorrow. Let's go to break. I got more callers lined up. Again, the number 876-1340. You can call us on the extended postgame show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman here with you, Ryan Wallace. A little under the weather, and we're going to get to more of your calls on the extended postgame show. Let's head out to Rita. What's going on, Rita? Hey, well, we're winning games. I know that makes you uh, happy. Well, my thing is, you think finally we will get some sustained recognition from all the national sportscasters that thinks the United States in somewhere near Minnesota? You know, I, even if we do really well, they might say something nice on one game and then it's back to the West is terrible and the East has everything. Are well, we going to get some sort of recognition now? I, I feel like you almost have to, right? Because when you look at the teams that the Golden Knights have beaten after the All-Star break, Carolina twice, they've beaten Tampa twice, they've beaten the Devils. It, yeah, it, we, it's, we've done a lot on the East. Yeah, they, they, they've really been good against the top teams on, on the East Coast. Um, you know, even, even if you look at what they did after, you know, the first couple games after the All-Star break, the wild win, the, the, the blowout against the Predators. I mean, the Wild are a playoff team, and the Golden Knights went up to, to St. Paul, and they smacked them around, right? Like Marc-Andre Fleury was pulled in that game. And I, I, I hope you're right. I hope this team does get some recognition, and, and I appreciate the call, Rita. Thanks. Uh, Can I but, add one thing? Sure, sure. Uh, the goalie situation. I'm going to go at it from a different direction. Okay. I really think they need to get Yuri in there. Just because he's not, I don't know if he's even played in an NHL game. No, never. But but having him sit on the bench too long might not be any better for him than it would be for anyone else. I just feel like maybe go ahead and put him in tomorrow, let him sink or swim. Yeah, I think I think you may be onto something. And look, this team is going to play really well in front of him, regardless. Um, they may they may get a little juice from having a kid make his first start. Uh, as I mentioned in the pre in the pregame show, he's the longest tenured goalie in the organization. Never played an NHL minute, so hopefully he gets an opportunity. And it would be the fifth goalie the Golden Knights started in this season, which 
lot of people go back to year one. They started five goalies, or five goalies played in year one, four starters, and then Dylan Ferguson came in in, in a, a, a blowout loss. But nonetheless, and thanks for the call, Rita, it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm curious. You know, the, the more I think about it, the more I think you and Stephanie are right that, that it is going to be Yuri Patera tomorrow just to get um, Jonathan Quick a little bit of rest. And you're right. He's, the kid's going to sink or swim. And let's all get behind him and hope that he, he swims because it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity for him. He sat on the bench a bunch last year uh, towards the end of the season, didn't have an opportunity to play, but he watched a lot. So hopefully... For Yuri, he gets the opportunity to play, and we'll just hope that he plays well. Uh, let's move on to the next caller here on the Extended Post Game Show. We're going to go out to Stephen. What's going on, Stephen? Hey, Tevin. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, and I want to add on what Rita said there about uh, the Golden Knights uh, getting some recognition here. I absolutely agree with her. I was just uh, adding it up. We've got 19 wins against the Eastern Conference this year. That. If that's not atop the Western Conference, I don't know who would be close, maybe Dallas. But 19 wins against the East, especially with how tough that conference overall has been, is daggone impressive. And I I think, truthfully, if people are not paying attention to the Golden Knights because they're so fixated on how the East is going to go, they might want to because the Golden Knights have proven that against the East, it doesn't matter who they play, they can beat anybody on any given night. So yeah. they, they deserve the recognition for sure. I think you're right, Stephen. And when you look at, look, they've beaten Boston. They've beaten Toronto. They've beaten Carolina twice. They've beaten the Devils. They lost a game in overtime to the Devils. They've beaten the Penguins. I mean, they, this is a team that you're right. They, they do deserve some recognition. Even some of the mid, mid-pack mid teams chasing the wild card. Ottawa, the Golden Knights have done well against them. Florida, they mm-hmm. split with. You know, so they, they spanked the Capitals here. So... You know, it's 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 interesting. Look, you're right. They've beaten Tampa twice. Twice in the last two weeks. I mean, the, 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 the Lightning are yeah. one of the most respected organizations and teams in the NHL, and the Golden Knights have beaten them twice. I think they're proven, the Golden Knights have proven that they hear what is being, or, or they hear that they're being doubted. Right? Oh, they lost Mark Stone. The season's over. They've got no chance. Yeah, they've been on a tear since losing Mark Stone, and I'll be—I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure that this team was going to be able to rebound from that. And and I'm eating every word I said because they have proven <laughs> me and, and a lot of others wrong. Yeah, and uh, there, it seems like with a game like this tonight, because I was talking to Ryan after the Tampa game about how it wasn't a complete 60-minute game. How you know after the first period of that game they were having an offensive lull, and then they had trouble closing that game out tonight against a team that I would argue, especially since they beat Tampa 6 nothing, probably a better, if not the best team in the East, below Boston, for the Golden Knights to put together a game that I thought was a very much a 60-minute effort despite allowing 34 shots on goal. To beat Carolina like that in PNC Arena and also allow Jonathan Quick to get his 58th shutout, it's like, what else do the Knights have to prove that they are among the elite teams in the NHL. Like tonight was a fantastic performance. Uh, and also, real quick, just to answer your question about goaltending tomorrow, I would say Yuri Patera. I, I think he'll get the start tomorrow. I think he's been in the organization long enough. We know for the most part who he is. Uh, and Henderson, I've seen a bunch of games uh, where he's been in net for the Silver Knights. He, he looks good. So I would err on the side of yeah, give Quick some some rest tomorrow since it's a back to back. 
let Yuri make his debut and see how he does. I, I think tonight or tomorrow the, the Knights have nothing to lose, I feel like, by doing that. All right, Stephen, thanks for the comment. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I was talking to Brian McCormick. Of course, he's the voice of the Silver Knights, and I was talking to him recently, and he, he made the comment to me because I asked him about Yuri Patera. When are we going to see him? And he made the comment that Yuri Patera plays with a lot of confidence. And I think in order to be an NHL goalie, you need to play with a lot of confidence. You have to have a short memory. Look, it's one of the toughest positions in sports because I feel like it's one of those jobs that it's either it's either all glory or no glory, right? When, when the team wins and the goalie plays well, the goalie gets a, doesn't get enough credit for that. When the team plays bad and the goalie gives up goals, right away everyone's blaming the goalie. But I think it's important to have a lot of confidence and a short memory. And it sounds like Yuri Patera has got both of those things. So I can't wait. I hope the kid has an opportunity. We've been waiting long enough to see him. He's been in the organization long enough. It'd be great to see this kid get an opportunity. And I believe he would be the first Czech goalie to play for the Golden Knights. So um, Oscar Dance was was Swedish. So uh, and, and obviously Robin Leonard Swedish. So we would have opportunity to see the third European goalie for the Golden Knights and the first Czech goalie. Take a break. We're going to come back and wrap it up after this. This is the extended postgame show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman here with you wrapping up the extended postgame show. Ryan Wallace under the weather today. I'm not sure if he's going to be back tomorrow. If not, it'll be me again with you. I'll be at the Golden Circle at the Treasure Island, or at the TI as the cool kids call it. Uh, once again, Golden Knights defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 4-0. to This comes on the heels of an overtime victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Big, big win for the Golden Knights. Jonathan Quick, 58th career shutout. Want to thank everybody for making this possible. Want to thank Doug Marsh for coming down here and helping Things run smooth for the first hour or so and for buying me uh, a French dip for, for lunch. Thanks to Mateo for keeping me connected to Bobby back in the studio and on the air. And, of course, a huge, huge thanks to Bobby Machado, who I hope I didn't manage to make too, too angry with all my slip-ups, but helping guide the ship my first time doing this. So greatly appreciate the help. Don't know if I forgot anybody, but uh, nonetheless, that's going to do it for me. Golden Knights in the Lou tomorrow, taking on the St. Louis Blues pregame show at 3. Of course, you can catch that where you can catch all the Vegas Golden Knights radio games. Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Have a good night, everybody, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.